When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> it is midnight on the East Coast. I am Alfred Kunawa at This Is Nasty. Joined, as always, by our returning champion, Issa NYC Demon Diva. And it is the SmackDown and Rampage post show right here on Wrestling Inc. Issa, you got yourself some new headgear. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. I thought I, I thought I debuted it on tonight's episode. I'm still in a high from Rampage and, and Grand Slam on Wednesday. Such a fun show. So I thought, you know, and I and I match. I wore pink just to match the headgear. So, you know, just oh, say. I like it. Coordinated. <laughs> that's good. And that's what's going to be good about tonight's show, especially when we're talking about Rampage. Is you were there in person, so we're going to also have that live perspective from you. Uh, so that'll be fun to, uh, to look forward to. Hot show. This is 11 hours of professional wrestling that we watched this week. Between and we Raw, still have, and we have a pay-per-view, and we have a pay-per-view. And we have a pay-per-view on Monday. <laughs> Thanks for reminding yeah. me. So there you go. <laughs> We're committed. We love it. Uh, so, yeah, we'll get into uh, SmackDown. We'll get into Rampage. Before we do, let's get into a little bit of news, uh, starting with a story that broke a little late uh, today. Uh, I think this was during SmackDown. This came out, a report from Fightful, uh, basically talking about the relationship between Fox and WWE. Uh, the takeaway here, it's a big story, but the takeaways, a couple here are that one that seems that um, reportedly Fox's relationship with WWE is strained. Uh, apparently, some executives are not too thrilled with the viewership Fox has done over the past couple of years since they joined up with Fox. Of course, a lot of that is due to the pandemic where WWE right. really took a nosedive, but uh, they're still getting worked out. But uh, a lot of backstage talk about, uh, you know, some st- stories that we have heard before, especially in terms of Fox not being happy that they're promoting Peacock on their TV and, you know, Peacock also um, kind of complaining when Fox gets a big star or whatnot. But uh, the central focus of the story, I guess, was on the relationship between Fox and WWE made it kind of sound like it, I wouldn't say it was on a rocky waters, but maybe a little bit strained, Issa. Yeah, I read this report, and I can't help but to, my my original train of thought here was, if Fox is unhappy with the numbers that SmackDown is pulling up, how is USA Network feeling? Because, oh my God, how can... Like, SmackDown is doing the best numbers for any wrestling show right now, and if those execs are unhappy about that, I can't even imagine how USA Network must be putting some kind of pressure onto WWE. Um I would assume that this relationship has to be weird, just of my assumptions of the fact that they have so much programming with NBC and those kind of networks. And then you have SmackDown over here with Fox having to share all of these things that they pay so much money for. If you think about it from a business perspective, it will make sense for this to not be going smooth sailing, you know? Right. And, and another part of that story was that, I guess, uh, Rupert Murdoch, who's the owner of Fox, was not pleased at how he was depicted in the upcoming uh, documentary that they're doing, or it's a biopic that they're doing on Vince McMahon going to trial in the 90s. Apparently, he's not depicted very well in that, and that might be a little bit of WWE pettiness and whatnot. But, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing that documentary. I guess we can comment on that more when that right. comes out. 
But I will say that this is kind of a little bit of the pitfall of, it's a good problem to have because they're getting billions of dollars from both of these companies. But when you're working with two different networks and you know content is king and they're looking to really get a stranglehold on the market in terms of having all this content and the hours watch and whatnot, uh, you are going to have a balancing act between Fox and NBC Universal, and this is—I don't know how much of a pain this is to WWE, and if they're willing to just, you know, deal with something like that. But this might be uh, an incentive to sell the company to NBC Universal, so that they're only working with one uh, other conglomerate, where they don't have to deal with having to please other networks by having certain stars appear here, uh, having commercials. They're not going to deal with these politics if they were to eventually sell to NBC Universal, which seems like they are very close to at least being in position to do so, given how much content that they're airing on the NBC Universal family. Right. I would assume that maybe the only thing holding that back, back is waiting for the Fox deal to be done. Yeah. Um, but uh, at the same time, I will be very curious to see what numbers WWE is doing in regards to Peacock go for Peacock to be interested in buying them because they're not really giving them that great of ratings when it comes to USA Network and Monday Night Raw. So I would assume that if NBC is interested in buying WWE, it would just be to have ownership of that entire library for Peacock. Yeah, yeah. it's very interesting to see what happens because I remember I there was a lot of optimism when WWE first went to Fox and the thought was like, man, this is a Fox network. One of the biggest networks in all of America, they're going to get the biggest audience they've ever been in front of. And now they're doing some of the worst numbers that they've done, even when they were on Spike TV or USA Network. Yeah, but I mean, I think SmackDown is probably the most exciting thing that WWE has going for itself. And I mean, if you take a look at an episode like tonight, the saving grace was them announcing Roman and Montez because we've been wanting to see Montez get a, 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 a little bit of a push or let him show off what he's got. And they did that tonight. Um, but I will tell you one thing for a go home show for a pay-per-view, if they had not announced that match ahead of time and I didn't have to do this, I probably would have not watched. I would have changed the channel at one point tonight. It didn't feel like a go home show. And, um, and and I always praise SmackDown. We try to, to be positive here, but I was underwhelmed for, especially because they haven't really built any hype for Extreme Rules. If I wasn't reminded of it yesterday, I would have forgotten that this is a pay-per-view weekend. So I thought, you know, it would be strong. And like I said, it ended strong with that match. And then, you know, we saw some action between Balor and Roman. But then again, that feels so predictable that it's just like, who cares what Finn yeah. Balor does? So, yeah, yeah we'll is. see. We'll see what happens. They need to work on their creative for both networks, not just Fox, but also USA. Otherwise, nobody's going to be happy with them. Yes, this is an infrastructure problem in terms of WWE mm -hmm. needing to kind of get a more compelling product going, tell better stories over a long-term period of time. And to be fair, you know, the television market in general has become very fractured. You know, it used to be 30 million people watching the biggest shows and stuff like that. And SmackDown still holds up as one of the top shows on cable, oftentimes the number one show of the week on cable. A lot of people don't watch a lot of things live anymore and and. The DVR is there for a reason, you know? So, yeah, I, I, I think we consume things differently right now. So maybe these yeah. networks are also looking at other numbers, not just ratings. Well, let's look at the ratings for AEW Grand Slam Dynamite. This past Wednesday, the ratings oh came God. in. A really good number, 1.273 million. So AEW staying over that 1 million threshold. This number is up 8%. Uh, the big takeaway, though, uh, the kind of elephant in the room, uh, AEW did a 0.48 in 18 to 49, about 627,000 viewers, which was just shy of the 642,000 
that WWE Raw did. So uh, the two-week winning streak is over. Dynamite Grand Slam did not beat Raw. Roman Reigns defeated AEW Dynamite Grand Slam, if you want to put it that way. Uh, but I will say this is a good number for AEW. But let me yeah. pitch this to you, Issa. Uh, do you think AEW should be maybe slightly disappointed with the fact that they didn't beat Raw? I thought they were going to do um, bigger numbers. I, I'm curious to know, and I don't know if you have it, the breakdown per hour. I was wondering if maybe putting that the hottest match they have for the entire five hours of wrestling to open the show might have hurt them. Because if you give me that up front, I'm turn, turning away after it. I, like in, and, and at some point, I love the show. I love everything about Wednesday. Yeah. I told you, I'm still in a high from it. But nothing lived up to that match. You know what I mean? Nothing lived up to what we experienced during that match. So... You never know. Maybe that caused some people to turn the channel. I'm very happy for AW. The momentum that they have going is absolutely insane. But I did thought it was going to be a bigger number. That being said, I mean, I, I find staying at the same number is better than just going up and down, up and down, up and down. So the fact that they're able to keep that 1 million plus audience week after week is a big deal for them because pre you know, before when the pandemic was still going on, their numbers were a little all over the place. So it's good for them to finally get a constant, consistent rating and know that they're starting to build a hardcore audience that will tune in every week. Yeah, they're definitely getting growth, especially on Dynamite for their bigger shows. I mean, Rampage is doing the opposite. I'll be very interested to see how this number shakes out for Rampage because it's been falling, falling, falling. The past couple of weeks has been the lowest viewership. Uh, but I'm interested to see at how this two-hour show in terms of AEW Grand Slam, I think if this was one hour, it would do an excellent number. But the two hours to where, you know, you're now going into midnight on the East Coast. I don't know how many people would uh, be tuning into that, but I'm sure they're going to do much better than the six sub 600,000 and whatnot. And, and I think that even though AEW should be happy with this number uh the fact that a couple of regular episodes of dynamite beat raw i think uh to an aw executive yeah. to the tony cons i think internally they were thinking okay this should be an episode that should be raw as well um and yes you did have roman reigns come in but the six hundred forty-two thousand for raw was a beatable number i thought i mean they would have had to do one yeah. of the biggest numbers of the year but they did do one of the biggest numbers of the year and it was very very close so you know i don't think they should be uh, disappointed coming out of this in general but i do think it's a little disappointing that they did not beat uh, raw if you're an AEW executive yeah i think um if you think about it while the show was really good you had a lot of your needle movers were not in the show cm punk had an interview he didn't have a match yeah. you had the young bucks were not on this show you didn't have adam cole on this show jungle boy christian cage there was miro there's so many people that people want to see that were not part of dynamite at the same time that really speaks volumes to what dynamite is doing right now that next week they can put a whole different show with a whole different group of people and still give you quality tv because look at all the people that they left out of this dynamite so it's a it's a good thing and it's a and it's a bad thing as well i maybe think if they would have had cm punk wrestle on the Dynamite show instead of the Rampage, it might have gotten the number that they might have been expecting. But if you want Rampage to build up an audience, you also have to put some star power to it. And they did that this week. Yeah, yeah. And that's a good point. Splitting the show up uh, into two different shows did kind of, I mean, I don't know if it watered down one show, but you definitely didn't have the star power that you could have on each show. And Orange Cassidy was on neither show in terms of wrestling. So right. uh, that also speaks to, you know, how loaded these shows were. Friend of the show, Stellar Justin Lopez for 499. What's it say that Roman's involved in three feuds at once? Yeah, Roman Reigns has been ubiquitous. I, um, 
not gonna say anything about how everybody wants Roman because I don't want to angry anybody in the chat. So I just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, he's been listening. He's their biggest star. I think it really showed well for Roman Reigns. And you know that actually takes us into our next story in terms of Roman Reigns' presence on Raw. You can count that as a difference in terms of how WWE is able to to end that losing streak to AEW because Raw did uh, improve this week, and there was that story that if. Roman Reigns did a big enough number, then maybe we get top stars going on both shows. And even though Raw did improve, it looks like there is not going to be traveling back and forth uh, between both shows. Uh, Dave Meltzer, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, reporting that it's not even a long-term or short-term plan to have top stars going back and forth. So the draft is next week, and it looks like whoever's drafted will stay there unless there's a wild card rule or a brand or exclusive trade, the face-to-face or whatever they call it. So, uh, but there are no immediate plans to have top stars go back and forth. Do you think this is a good move, Issa? Yeah, because I, I think as much as I enjoy seeing Roman Reigns on Monday, because I did think it added to like that triple threat that we got at the end of the show was such a treat, in my opinion. Um, I think that if you start seeing people go back and forth, it's going to take away from people that could be on the show that they're just not going to put on just to give us more Roman Reigns or to give us more of this person on SmackDown. So, you know, maybe having people go back and forth will take away opportunities for others. So I'd rather them not. I just want, I do want a shake up. We need a mix up. They need to switch some people around because it's been the same people for too long. But that, that I think that will help fill the shows, like make the shows feel a little more refreshing. It's, it's a draft. Yeah, I don't think the problem ever is that they have a brand split. I think the brand split can work and they have yeah. enough talent to fill each brand split to where you're getting these different matches. But I think a lot of people have kind of talked about how WWE likes repeating matches and it's not like they have to. They just use a limited crew of wrestlers and if they just expanded that on each brand and you've got all that talent in NXT, which obviously is developmental, but in the future, hopefully they're able to fill up both of those rosters and have plenty of different fresh matchups. Yeah. Agreed. WWE has a very talented roster. They're just not booking them right. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Let's not only give Roman Reigns credit. He did main event with Bobby Lashley and Big E. My guy, Bear Hudson for $5, past rating show, Black Wrestlers, can actually show draw ratings compared to AEW, which went down the demographic. Blast can draw ratings. Yes, hashtag Black Wrestling draws. He did book in against New Day at the beginning and then Bobby Lashley and Big E at the end. And we're not getting the Bobby Lashley versus Big E match, I don't think, at Extreme Rules. That hasn't no. been announced, has it? No, yeah, no, kind of- and it's not Extreme Rules. It's regular rules. Regular on rules, a, yeah. On a Sunday. <laughs> hey, Paul Heyman said Extreme, so you know what? He did what he could to promote this show. That wasn't enough for you? Regular regular rules on a Sunday night. That's what I'm going to call this pay-per-view. It really does seem like they woke up, they're like, oh my God, we don't have any extreme matches. Let's uh, let's just make the main event an extreme rules match and be done with it. It's really... You could have made... I guess the triple threat, technically speaking, is a no DQ just because it's a triple threat match. Or you could have made that a ladder match. You know, I don't know. There's, there's so many things that you could have done with this. It's disappointing that... I don't know. Listen, a lot of times we wonder, like, how can a billion-dollar company run this way? But it does. They're forgetting about people's contract. They're forgetting what a pay-per-view is all about. Maybe stop doing gimmick pay-per-views if you can't live up to the gimmick and just name them such names as, like, Great Balls of Fire. Like, go back to that. Yeah, (laughs) I agree about the gimmick (laughs) pay-per-views, especially like Hell in a Cell or some of these gimmicks that used to be protected where you would have these matches only when there's a big feud. For a a specific reason, they just watered everything down. And yeah, yeah, there's a lot wrong in terms of how WWE books. And I think the central reason is WWE does not take its time. And they're too short-term in how they react to things. And they don't have their own plan. I feel like AEW is living in WWE's head rent-free right now. And that them reacting to AEW, that's the reason that we're not getting Bobby Lashley versus what it was supposed 
supposed to be Lashley and Orton was announced for Extreme Rules, and that was just completely turned upside down. And neither, I think, are even uh, anywhere on the card. Yeah, or on the card. No, I don't think the Raw Tag Team titles are on the line. I mean, who are they going to fight? Freaking AJ and Omas again? Like, yeah. oh my God, it's a mess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, finally, uh, speaking of messes, this is this is kind of a messy story. I, this is one of my favorite stories. Uh, so we had this gimmick. We kind of talked about it um, on the NXT show, Issa, you and I. We were talking about Joe Gacy. He's doing this conflict resolution gimmick. I don't think I did justice in terms of what message he's trying to get across. He was basically doing a woke gimmick. He was saying it was a safe space. He was smiling through everything. He tried shaking oh, yeah. hands after. He was being woke. And um, there was also that report leading into NXT that WWE wanted to do more edgy gimmicks that are more current of the time, which I'm all for. The problem is WWE does not deal with controversy. They do not like being the center of controversy. They do not Mm -hmm. like getting into politics or anything like that. And that's exactly what happened after this gimmick in that mainstream news stories like Fox News uh, talked about how WWE is pinning the woke left and they're going against the woke left in Washington Post or New York Post had a story. And WWE has now moved all references to Joe Gacy being a woke character, a safe space character. So it looks like this character is done. I don't think we're going to be seeing Joe Gacy do this character moving forward. Do they not consider that all these things could happen before they come up with these ideas? You know what I mean? Like, you you, you knew what you were doing. So, yeah. whatever. You're going to take a step back, take a step back. But they, you, you're not, I mean, I guess... I don't know. It didn't think like a lot of thought went into it. And it doesn't think that a lot of thought of going into defending it or, you know, doing something about it other than we're just going to make it disappear. WWE deals with all of its problems by trying to make them disappear and never mentioning it again and waiting for us to just forget about it. No. Yeah. And <laughs> that's not how it works. And I, I like the idea of WWE yeah. maybe being more edgy and being of the time so it doesn't seem like they're living in a bubble. And I don't like the fact that they're so skittish when it comes to, oh, no, well, they're talking about us. They think this about us. Like this type of mainstream press, you don't have to lean into it. You don't have to uh, address it or anything like that. Um, but you can uh, benefit from it, from the fact that you are being talked about in a mainstream capacity. And, yeah, they're going to create narratives and stuff like that. But being in this discussion is going to make WWE more mainstream. You have to stick with it and see where it goes before you even run into the conclusion. Let, let me tell you something. I happen to think that the way MJF plays a heel, I enjoy it, right? But I think it's controversial. And guess mm-hmm. what? He was on Pix 11 doing promos for Grand Slam this week on character. And he's one of the most controversial characters that AEW has right now. Um, again, we we talked about it. We, I was joking with you on text messages about it. But even Tony Khan is finally like squashing this whole acclaim, all the rumors that happened because of because you know what? If you're going to go through with something, then let it let it like like back up your product all the way, or then don't do it at all if you're not ready to like really commit to it. Yeah, the old Vince McMahon would have loved this type of controversy. Yeah. Like, Prime would have doubled down. Like, he would have been walking out in, like, a nose ring and, and a Gen Z t-shirt. And he, they would have just tripled down on this. But, <laughs> no, they're publicly traded now. They've got to keep their hands clean. You know, God. I was really hoping. That's what I was really excited about the idea of NXT getting. And I hope this doesn't scare them off in general of being a little more edgy. Because I think that it is going to help push WWE, you know. Yeah, it might. They want to be edgy, but they don't want to deal with what comes with being edgy then don't do it then go back to just being lame you know because yeah. you have you have to you have to stick with it and see where it goes yeah absolutely well we've got two shows four hours of wrestling to cover this isn't going to take four hours we're going to get through this <laughs> uh, but we've got two shows let's start with smackdown 
And uh, I thought it was a pretty good SmackDown show. I, I do agree with what you said, Issa, in that going into this, there was really nothing. The big match they advertised was that intercontinental title match between Apollo Crews and Shinsuke Nakamura, which did Big match, Alfred. We've seen it. That's what I'm saying. That's in the a biggest month. Thing <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it didn't seem like there was too much going on on this show. But uh, as you'll see as we get into it, there, there kind of was. Uh, we opened with Becky Lynch. She's going out there, cutting her heel promo, calling out Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair answers. She said, keep my mama and daddy's name out your mouth. <laughs> She's going to be the newest champion. They have a nice back and forth, which leads to a brawl. Of course, last week, uh, Bianca Belair was laid out. But this week, uh, she was able to counter the manhandle slam and lay out Becky good. Lynch. So we're setting up, it looks like, for Becky Lynch to uh, possibly retain. I don't think it's looking good at the pay-per-view for Bianca Belair. But what do you think about this opening segment? Um, I'm loving Becky Lynch right now. I think she's really owning this new character of her. Um, she looks incredible and she's coming out. It's like a whole different confidence. And, and I, I, I'm glad that she's running with this. I, I, I read reports that it was her idea to work heel mm -hmm. in which I agree. I would always share me personally, wrestling ink opinion aside, Becky Lynch is my favorite. So I'm always going to share her on no matter what. Right. But you cannot work baby face against Bianca Belair, who's somebody that's such a legitimate, believable baby face that even if she didn't try, you root for her and you love her, right? So I think it, it was great for Becky Lynch to take this attitude in a program against Bianca Belair. I also have been loving the fact that they're not making Bianca Belair be a stupid baby face. She comes out and she says, I'm not going to make any excuses. I'm, I lost and I'm ready to have a real match now. You know, I love the fact that she's not saying, oh, you, you tricked me or this and that. No, she's owning it and she's not making any excuses. And it's probably the match that I'm really looking forward to the most at the pay-per-view because we really didn't get a real match from the two of them and I do think a, a nice match they're gonna kill it and, and then I really want to be happy with the result because they went at it and we got to really see what the two of them got and based on the thesis that we're getting here I think they're gonna have a really really good match on Sunday I'm excited me too. I'm very excited for this match. I was excited when I was in the building for SummerSlam and there was that momentary thought like, oh my God, we're about to get Bianca and Becky. So hopefully that feeling returns uh, before they screw that up. But yeah, I agree with you in that Becky Lynch is a very committed heel. I think she's yeah. very good at the work of being a heel. I, she knows how to get booed. She's a great performer. It's just that it feels like there's only so many people who are going to go along with that ride because she's just such a popular character. Uh, she got over organically to where people really got behind her as just fighting punchy baby face. But she's doing a good job in her role as a heel, as a performer. I have no problem with right. her performance as a heel. She slapped Bianca at one point. I thought that was really yeah. good in terms of being a heel. <laughs> So she's doing what she can. So we'll see how far it goes and if she's able to really get that heel heat like I think Roman Reigns is able to do. But right. Roman Reigns is in a different situation in that he kind of was already getting that heel heat and is able yeah. to cultivate that into a real heel. What I have noticed in this program is that when they let Becky come out and talk on her own, she has the crowd in the palm of her or her hands. They're, they're, they're screaming for her. They're like cheering her on, even though she's cutting a heel promo. And it's when Bianca comes out that it kind of like snaps the crowd like, hey, remember me? And then everybody goes like, wait a minute, Becky's an ass. I'm sorry, Becky is not, it's a jerk right now, you know, like, yeah, Becky's the jerk, we're not supposed to share her own, so it just goes to prove how good Bianca is, because I do think when they have Becky standing there on her own, cutting her promo, even though she's cutting a heel promo, you still love her, but then Bianca comes out, and you're like, yeah, that's right, you screwed her, so yeah. I think, I think Bianca is doing an amazing job at keeping the crowd on her side. 
Absolutely. And and uh, and I think if she does lose this weekend, I do think Bianca's getting drafted to Raw. I think she's a candidate to go to Raw, and I would really like to see that because she seems like she's been on SmackDown forever, at least the matchups that they keep doing, and I'd like to see her against Charlotte Flair. I think oh, my God. Me too. Yes, and sure. I do not need to see any more Becky versus Charlotte. So I wouldn't no. – if, if Bianca loses on – Sunday because she's getting drafted to Raw. Um, I, I will be okay with that. Also, just to give a shout out to Bianca for attention to detail. Love that she had the name Bailey Sasha Banks on her yeah. jacket. She's starting to like mark her little like you know the wins that she's got. Oh, I yeah. pop for that. That was amazing. That's the long term story they're telling. Yeah, she, she wants that out there in terms of beating all four horsewomen. And I think, and this is another thing that if WWE knew how to sit down and just plan long term. I think it'd be a lot of money in terms of a main event of WrestleMania where okay. you're doing Bianca beating all four horsewomen against but Alfred, 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 Alfred. I know we don't talk about it anymore, but Asuka beat all four horsewomen. Oh, did she really? Okay, no, I think she wants to pin all four horsewomen, though. She's very specific about pinning. I don't think Asuka pinned all four horsewomen. Okay, but she beat them. It's the same thing, but okay, okay, okay. I'll let Bianca have that. I'll let her have that. I'm just saying, because everybody seems to have forgotten about the amazing Asuka, who have actually accomplished that. So, just saying. Yeah. Well, we could just forget about that history. Yeah, I, yeah. I would go. I'd suspend my disbelief for a storyline like that. I Let's have, go. I have a little like a replica of the Men in Black toy, so I'll flash it to everybody Please. later, and we'll forget about it. Yes, that's all I'm about that. <laughs> I can tell some stories. Uh, so that was that storyline. Good uh, opening segment. And then we get into the first match. I thought this was a really good match. The crowd is very hot. They're in Philly tonight. Philly's always a good crowd. And this spot, I think, is a good slot for a match like this. Shinsuke Nakamura versus Apollo Crews. Of course, Shinsuke's with Rick Boogs. They had a really good match, uh, kind of back and forth. At one point, the finish came when uh, Rick Boogs helped uh, some outside interference that Commander Aziz was doing, and he hit an exploder suplex on the seven-foot Aziz. I'm telling you, they love this Rick Boogs guy. He's coming. Rick Boogs is coming. And then uh, Apollo Crews lost to Shinsuke Nakamura via roll-up, so Shinsuke retains the IC title. Okay, that was it was a fun match. The crowd was hot. I thought actually that SmackDown was gonna give a little bit of a better show tonight, given the fact that I'm pretty sure Dynamite is in Philly on Wednesday. So um yeah, they love Rick Books. And just I honestly um tired of Shinsuke and Apollo and I'm tired of the IC title sitting in the back seat. It feels like it hasn't mattered in so long. And it's because they have stretch these feuds for so long. Biggie had it, he only feuded with Apollo. Apollo had it, he only feuded with Biggie and then Shinsuke. Now Shinsuke stuck within Apollo. We need some new faces onto that mix. Maybe the the draft will help us with that. Yeah, yeah, maybe it will. And yeah, this is a match that's been done too many times, I think, for it to really come off like a big time match that they were trying to promote. And they really have done nothing with that Intercontinental Championship. Uh, from time to time, I really just wish I thought when Shinsuke won it, that that's when they were going to move forward and kind of start promoting it. But it seemed like they promoted Shinsuke and Rick Boogs as more of a tag team than Shinsuke as the And Shinsuke being the one B to Rick Boogs, I think they've really highlighted Rick Boogs and the Intercontinental Champion has kind of been there in the background, I think, for the past few weeks. So it was good to see Shinsuke kind of with his working boots on. And I thought they, they had a good match for the title. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they have they have great chemistry, but I'm just tired of it. Like once you see it so many times in such a short period amount of time. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So we get uh, backstage. Montez Ford cuts a promo calling the Usos and Roman Reigns a bunch of bloodline bitches. His words, not mine. And then he later sings it. I thought that was great. Bloodline bitches, <laughs> doubling down. 
and he talked to, he said something about his ashy feet. I don't know what the reference was, but I love that he shouted out his ashy feet on TV. Uh, and then uh, we immediately go to Roman Reigns afterwards, and he's not very happy after learning that his cousins were called out their names. Uh, so he said he wants a match with Montez Ford. Paul Heyman tries to talk him out of it, and then Paul Heyman ends up uh, booking the match. He goes and talks to Sonya Deville and Adam Pierce. We're going to have Roman Reigns versus Montez Ford later tonight. I was hyped as soon as they announced it, even though I knew what the result was going to be. I thought maybe, um, you know, you would get like a weird finish where um, Usos and everybody gets involved. But I, I never thought he would win, but I did think that he would get his chance to shine in the island of relevancy. And he did just that. So I, I knew we were in for a treat as soon as this started happening. And I really got hyped up for it. And they gave him time, too. We'll get to the main event, but they gave up time. But yeah. I love that they teased it on the beginning of the show because then you just couldn't wait for it. Yeah, they featured Montez Ford throughout. It's This felt like a test run for Montez as a single star because uh, Angelo Dawkins was not there. They did not explain, I don't think, where he yeah. was. And he said, I want the smoke. And we kind of got to see him featured in singles action. I thought, uh, you know, Montez Ford has a huge future as a single star. And he's in the right company yeah. to be able to excel like that. And I, I'm looking forward to that. But I don't want them to break up the Street Profits too early because I still think that's a hot act that uh, works very well together. Yeah, but you can still have Montez in singles fields without hurting him. I mean, they, the New Day has always been a tag team, except for when they did the weird brand split thing. And they still were able to have their singles fields without having to break up the team. You know, I think he can be street profits and still be involved in singles matches. But I do agree. I think he has the charisma and the in-ring technique to just be a huge superstar when he is on his own. Absolutely. Well, uh, you don't have to answer this, but I'll take the 499. <laughs> Tim Robbins for four ninety nine asks, "When can we see Issa in leather or vinyl pants on Instagram?" I'm sure there's a picture in my Instagram somewhere. Yeah, yeah, their picture lasts forever. Tim Robbins. <laughs> uh, so we we get to another promo. It's uh, Seth Rollins is backstage saying he's not Edge Light, and he's calling out Edge, saying that he wants Edge to admit that he's going to retire. He's going to beat the words out of him in front of his wife and kids, and Edge did accept. So. After it was reported that Edge was going to be gone for a few months, I guess Edge is going to be back on SmackDown next week, Issa. I don't know. I think my, I tweeted out and I was like, yo, Seth, chill. Like, that promo <laughs> came that. off. I was like, yo, Seth, chill, bro. Like, he came off such, like, serial killer. And I loved it. I loved the obsession that they have with each other just because of the fact that they're so similar. It, it just makes sense. It makes sense for them to just be so obsessed with each other and it's costing them other opportunities both of them a month ago were obsessed with getting the universal title and now they don't even mention it because they're so infatuated with fighting each other i i do want to see the rubber match after the match they put on on smackdown i do want to see it and they're one and one i want to see where it ends but seth rollins came off so psychotic and i absolutely loved it like i can't help but to love it yeah, this is, he's been good for most of this feud with Edge. Yeah. I did not like what he did last week. I thought it just kind of drove on. A little on. too long. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this was perfect in what he did. And I yes. think this has been the best version of Seth Rollins all year is what Edge, he's been doing with Edge. I love that you said that because I feel like Edge has brought out the best in Seth Rollins in, in ring and in promos as well. Yeah. And I miss this set. It's one of my, of my favorites. And it's because this is what he can do. And we hadn't seen this set in quite some time. Yeah, and that's not an accident either because Edge is one of these cerebral guys, kind of like a Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson, where he's a wrestling genius. He thinks about mm -hmm. everything. He takes his time with all his feuds, and that's why he was on the writing team for a while in terms of being on creative because he's got such a great mind for wrestling. And Seth is great too, but you work with somebody like Edge, and he's going to bring out the best in you. 
Of course, of course. And like the the story they told in that match that they had at MSG was just like such a it was such a good match and I'm pretty sure they just let them fight for as long as they wanted to at one point because it was going so well and I just love seeing a field that doesn't involve the title and be so interesting because we don't it feels like we don't have those kind of fields in WWE anymore. So I'm just enjoying this one. I didn't like what he did last week, like you said, only because I thought he talked for too long, but today it was perfect. And I'm glad that Edge accepted. We'll see where it goes. Absolutely. And uh I, I like this uh Stellar Justin Lopez for 199. Tez could be intercontinental champion right now if they broke up. Um, you know, they wouldn't necessarily have to break up, but I could see him as IC champion. Here's what's weird. We just talked about Big E being IC champion. It's weird because they kind of did it right in terms of Big E was getting a singles push. He won the IC title, Money in the Bank, and then the WWE title. They just didn't allow any of that to breathe. They didn't allow right. the IC title to breathe. Money in the Bank, they were doing those things with Paul Heyman where he was popping up. I thought that was yeah. really cool, but they just kind of rushed through it. But they still kind of did. Like, this is what they did with Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels where they would win the secondary title before they won the world title. But it was just much more drawn out. And I could see yeah. Montez Ford being like, and this is his first singles title. And so he's got, he takes pride in defending it. Yeah, and, and we'll see where it goes. I, I agree with you, but I will say as much as I love Biggie and I'm so happy that he is the WWE champion right now, his IC title run was underwhelming. Yeah. So was Apollo's. And right now, so far, so is Shinsuke. I just want yeah. the IC title to feel great again. So I'm not saying that just to Biggie. I just felt like it's been a while since that title right. meant anything for anyone. Well, Issa, it finally happened. Oh, Zelina Vega won <laughs> a match tonight on SmackDown, September 24th, 2021. Zelina Vega won her first match since coming back. I believe her first match in over a year. Against uh, the person that is in the pay-per-view on Sunday. Right. This is the WWE Why? has a habit of doing this where it's, like, it's just kind of like how they had um, Jeff Hardy lose or whatnot. And they have, they have certain people lose matches. And uh, but they lose to somebody who, like, I guess, quote unquote, the internet likes. So they had uh, Liv Morgan lose to Zelina Vega, and Liv Morgan's going to be facing Carmella at the pay per view. Listen, <laughs> girl, uh uh-uh. uh, okay. <laughs> I love Selena Vega, I've been dying to see her finally get her W. It didn't need to happen against Liv Morgan before she goes into her first pay per view singles match. Like, there's ways to do this. It's like they take one step forward and 10 backwards in the exact same moment, you know. But I'm glad that Selena Vega got a win. <laughs> I just yeah. didn't need it to be against Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan had a little bit of moment. It seems like she gets all this momentum going and then it gets ruined. Then they build her up again and then it gets ruined. Um, we'll see what happens. What does it mean for Selena Vega? I don't know. She didn't need this win. Not like not now, but I'm glad she got it. So I, I know I'm giving you a very weird mixed re- response, but I don't know how to feel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, and this is not, they're not doing anything with Zelina Vega in terms of moving forward to the pay-per-view. I mean, I will say that Carmella did distract Liv Morgan. And so that does build up their feud. Carmella you know distracted put... everyone with her outfit. She looked incredible oh, yeah. tonight. And she was so. sitting across the desk. Too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I really like that. Doing commentary while sprawled across the table. Uh, so listen, this is building up a feud. I'm fine with it. You know, you, you, typically you want both of them to be strong, but this is not being treated as a top feud. You know, it's not the fault of uh, Liv Morgan. I do believe they said that this is going to be Liv Morgan's second one-on-one match on pay-per-view. So first, I thought it was the first. Okay, it might be the first. Um, yeah, I yeah. thought it was the first. Um, but I mean, 
we'll see what happens. I'm, I told, I think we talked about it last week in which I said Carmela and Selena Vega came together because of Sasha. And now we don't talk about Sasha. So it doesn't make sense that they're still together because it doesn't get mentioned. So it feels like it got a little bit confusing without right. Sasha being in the equation because that's the only reason why Selena and Carmela got together to begin with. Yeah. No, absolutely. So we go into happy talk with Barry Corbin. <laughs> Now, uh, he's starting on this just long monologue, and the fans are starting to chant, we don't care. <laughs> Loud chants, we don't care. So, yeah, you can call that heat, you can call it whatever you want. Out comes Kevin Owens, and Kevin Owens gets jumped by the returning Riddick Moss. And him and Baron Corbin beat down Kevin Owens. Welcome back, Riddick Moss. I can see the look on your face, Issa. I don't know if I even have to ask, are you excited to see Riddick Moss back in WWE? I didn't know who he was for like the longest time. I was like, who is that? I had to scroll through the timeline and like refresh it. To, and I was like, oh yeah. Also, tell me the last time that you sat there and you said, you know what WWE needs right now? It's another talk show. You haven't. Nobody has. So we don't need another one. They they already don't use half of the talk shows that they have. We don't need another one. But listen, let, let's see let's see where it goes. But uh <laughs> Riddick Moss, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yay. <laughs> we'll see. And, uh, you know, Kevin Owens continues to feud with uh, Baron Corbin. Uh, the thing that I did think was funny about Happy Talk is that he had this rack with a bunch of hats on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. I can't wait for him to go broke again because he's just wasting his money on some dumb shit. Yep, uh, it's coming. <laughs> Terry Allen for 264. Aziz never speaks. No growth for the character. I think yeah, the character really hasn't grown. They've really done next to nothing. It's just a big guy who kind of stands around. And I do kind of feel like WWE might be souring on Aziz and Apollo Crews in terms of as an act. I don't, you know, seem like they just kind of went out there. They did have a good match, but he lost once again. They haven't been doing too much with them since things open back up. So we'll see where he lands. Uh, yeah, but agreed. I agree. I don't think we've seen any growth from Aziz since he you know, since he came out. So, yeah. So we go into Nikki Ash um, versus Natalia. Of course, Nikki Ash and Rhea Ripley are now allowed to appear on SmackDown because they're tag team champions. So Nikki Ash beats Natalia. And then the big story coming out there is Shotzi and Knox interrupted. You know, what's funny about this is that Michael Cole's like, well, these two ladies think they're entitled to a tag match. It's like they are. He's basically gaslighting them. They won the match against the tag team champions. They won a number one contender match that they've never talked about. Like, I'm glad they, I was happy they came out. I was like, well, at least they didn't forget that they're supposed to have a tag title because apparently a tag title shot because apparently everybody else did. So I will tell you about this entire match. The most exciting part for me was seeing the two of them come out because I was like, okay, so we're going to do this, you know, against, against Rhea and Nikki. That worries me because I did think that Shotzi and, and Tegan had a better shot against Natalia and Tamina. Yeah. I don't know. I think they're a little bit high on Nikki and, Rhea right now, so I don't know that they will drop the titles. We'll see, but Hopefully at not. least at least they at least they remember that these two girls are supposed to have a tag title shot. Yeah, and you know, like it's unfortunate for Shotzi and Knox because they're so yeah. new, but eventually they're going to have to have tag team champions who win their matches. I mean, I know they did this with Sasha Banks and Bailey, but when they were doing it, it was one of the hottest things in the company in terms of promoting these championships, making the championships matter, and winning the titles means something, defending them means something. They really need to get the tag team titles back to that. And, you know, with this super brutality group, uh, hopefully they're going to be able to do that. Yeah, and they should probably unify them with the – NXT at one point the so w, the the main roster 
tag title champions need to get down to NXT and start a feud that way and just unify them and go back to where they get defended everywhere. Right, right. One of these days, I'm sure they'll. Yeah, yeah. Wishful, th- wishful thinking, you know. Yeah, wishful thinking. All right, let's talk about a black woman. The best segment of the show. Yes. Naomi walks out. And uh, this is what I'm talking about. She's handling her business by herself. She's in full gear. Like, she's told, you cannot wrestle. You're not wrestling. We don't have time for you. She's like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm wrestling. She gets her gear. She gets the entrance. She goes out there, and she says, even though she does not have a match, uh, she would like to wrestle somebody. She calls out anybody in the back. And, of course, of course, because she's not scheduled to wrestle, out comes Sonya Deville. Now, there's only one thing that I think Sonya could have done in this segment to fulfill her role as the Karen of this storyline, and it's exactly what she did. Because after Naomi whipped this crowd into a frenzy, really great promo by Naomi saying, make this match. They're chanting, make this match. They want to see her wrestle. And this authority figure, this Karen is not letting her wrestle and get her opportunities. And Karen calls the police. This is exactly what I wanted. This is exactly what I thought was going to happen. It's predictable because it makes sense. And I loved it. She called the police. Even the announcers are like, what is she calling? What is she calling security for? Yeah. She works here, but no, 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 no. It's threatening. I'm your boss. How dare you talk to me like that? Even though Charlotte Flair in May did talk to Sonya Deville like that and got rewarded for it. Naomi got escorted out of the ring. Let me tell you, this feels like one of the hottest potential matches that they can do between Naomi and Sonya Deville playing the role of Karen. And I can't wait for it. This is my favorite storyline on SmackDown right now. Yes. Um, first of all. Sonia Deville fears Naomi. Let's just put it out there, right? Loved seeing the entrance again. I think her entrance is awesome, underrated, and I forgot how much I miss seeing it until she came out tonight. She looked incredible. Loved the promo. Crowd is behind her. And I will say, like you say, Sonia Deville is playing that Karen role to a T. She did such a good job when she came out, and, and she is so scare of Naomi and the way that she's handling the fact that she's scared of her is just this is this is this storyline is interesting and deep and the, and the way that we're going about not giving Naomi an opportunity when she's such a uh, well-deserved person like with her accomplishments but you have Selena Vega who hasn't won a match in how long she's getting a one-on-one match at yeah. the beginning of the show like it, the booking of the women's division doesn't make sense right now and what Naomi's asking for it makes perfect sense. So I'm here for this story and I cannot wait to see Sonia Deville back in the ring. I really yeah. hope that's what this leads to and it's going to be awesome. And yeah, I, I am so invested in this, so invested in this. And I can, and I love that Naomi is taking things into her own hands. I give you full 1000% credit because when you say Naomi's not the kind of person that's going to go to the bloodline and hide behind her husband, she's independent. When you said that, I looked at it differently and I'm like, yeah, I would expect Naomi to handle it. She's not af- She doesn't need to be afraid of Sonia Deville. And that's what she's doing. It's awesome. Yeah, and that's, I think, the money is with the one-on-one feud and the conflict between these women because I was invested in that. I didn't want anything to come in and interrupt this. Like, I was invested in really what is a simple story on the surface in terms of I want to wrestle, she's not letting her wrestle. It's what they did with Stone Cold Steve Austin when he was quote-unquote hurt, but a different version because she's just not being prioritized. And then those those other layers in terms of I'm not getting my opportunity. It is, like, there is a racial component to it, of course, with the Karen thing, with her being treated as a 
aggressive when she gets mad at Sonya Deville when you've seen a precedent for Sonya Deville dealing with other characters. This character deals with other characters differently than how she's dealing with Naomi. She feels threatened by Naomi when Naomi wants to yeah. just get a match. And I just think this is the most subtle yet most simple storyline, and I love it. Yeah, and like I told you earlier, even if you just start looking at the matches that we got from the women's division, it's just like, okay, so why are these two girls getting a one-on-one match where we can give Naomi a match? It doesn't make any sense. Like, if you really take a look at the whole story overall, it's very, very... It's, it's getting somewhere, and I'm I'm invested. I think a lot of people are invested. I saw a lot of excitement when her music came out from the crowd. Even the timeline, everybody was like, "Yeah, Naomi, get it." You know, yeah. I tweeted, "Make the match!" Like, come <laughs> on, so good. And I honestly cannot wait until we eventually get a feud between Naomi and Bianca. That's a feud that oh, I yeah. really, really want to see. I remember they had a couple of moments in the Royal Rumble, and I was like, I cannot wait for these girls to have a feud because they're gonna kill it. They're gonna kill it. I don't know what the February pay-per-view is in WWE, but that should main event the February pay-per-view. Naomi versus Bianca Belair for Black History Month. Just throw that out there. The February pay-per-view, just let the main event, because I think they can tell a good story. Also, happy birthday to Sonya Deville. It's her birthday today, so she got to have a nice storyline on her birthday. It was great. And I do agree with you on that entrance, because that was like a WrestleMania-style entrance. Like She had the wings and everything. That was yeah, great. yeah, yeah. I lo- I always, I have always loved her entrance. And for the record, now that you mentioned the February thing, maybe that's why Selena got her win, because this is Spanish Heritage Month. Oh, so. it is. Right. It is. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's okay. why they were like, okay, fine, you can win this one time. This <laughs> one month. Next September, we'll revisit this. Yep. <laughs> so we get to the main event. Issa's own Roman Reigns versus Montez Ford. Uh, Montez gets uh, some offense early. Uh, This ends up being kind of all Roman Reigns because I think the story they're telling is that Montez screwed up by uh, talking about the tribal chief like this. There was one spot. I don't know if you caught this, but... uh, The table? Yes, Tez. I missed this until I saw it on the timeline. Tez walked on the table and it broke. And, uh, you know, I think Pat McAfee said, holy shit, like on accident. Do you yeah, hear what he, he said? That if it was probably his fault because he, he said my fat ass was dancing on it earlier. Oh, my <laughs> God. He is amazing. Pat McAfee must be protected at all costs. <laughs> yeah, he was great on this show. He was really fun. Yeah. You know, he kind of helped save that happy talk segment because he was kind of heckling Baron Corbin on commentary. I know. And you could get a shot of Pat McAfee just kind of laughing. And him and Michael Cole were clearly like, Talking crap about Baron Corbin. Yeah. <laughs> but he was making a lot of funny one-liners that were like popping Michael Cole. I love Pat McAfee. Me too. Me too. Yeah, that was uh, but this was you know, a fine match. It was uh, a lot of Roman Reigns, and then toward the end, Roman Reigns submitted Montez Ford. They go to beat him up. This is where Paul Heyman comes out and he says that Roman Reigns is gonna take it to the extreme because they're in Philly. And this is Paul Heyman, little ECW chance. I like that callback. And then, of course, the demon comes out when they're beating down Montez Ford, who has no help. And the demon, Finn Balor, comes out and saves the day, smacks Roman Reigns around with a chair. Do First of you, all, Lisa? before he did that, Roman okay. Reigns was kicking his ass. Can you please, like, like tell the story how it actually went? Okay. Okay, Roman Reigns got a couple of licks in before uh, falling victim <laughs> to some savage chair shots. But yes, I, I was going to ask, do you think that uh, Roman Reigns is in any danger of losing this title to the undefeated demon? They did make a point to say he's undefeated. Absolutely not. The demon is not undefeated. Samoa Joe did beat the demon in NXT just reminding everybody that but um yeah I think this is not a very smart decision on the demon and as the president of demons club I have kicked Finn Balor out of the demons club for the time being he might be reinstated eventually but I don't 
like that the demon is back for Roman Reigns. And now that it is an, an extreme rules match, because they realized we didn't have one, so they made this one it, my idea of booking a finish with Brock getting involved and it being a DQ finish is not going to work out anymore. So are we really going to have the demon lose clean? That would be so disappointing because I, I do love, I know I just talked all that crap, but I do love the demon and I don't want to see him lose, but Roman's not losing. If the demon somehow shocks the world and beats Roman Reigns, oh my god, I will cry forever. You're not, you're not going to be in the Demon Club ever again. Is it, is it over? He's not going to be in the Demon Club. He's not going to be in the Demon Club. Yeah, Uh, there's a couple of us that in the Demon Clubs that are in. You know, they they back up my my decision to kick him out. So. I was executive. You guys have like a board vote? To oh, yeah, yeah. 1,000%. <laughs> very professional. I love to hear it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh... We, we totally like FaceTime like Walter does on NXT. You know, I FaceTime all the other <laughs> demons. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Okay, let me ask you this because now you brought up the demon losing an NXT. And WWE does not count NXT. So that made me think about Asuka. The fact that Asuka has that claim of beating all four horsewomen. It was on the main roster. It was on the main roster. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, WWE just forgot its own history then. Uh, Kara Kemp for $5. WWE stumbled into that story with Sonya and Naomi by accident. Okay, I don't know 100% if it's by accident because it does seem like they've been telling the story over the set of past several weeks where it began with Naomi wanting to match. No, you can't have a match. And then she came back, didn't get the match again. So now we're here and the crowd seems into it. It does seem like maybe they plan it week to week, but it does seem like they have a direction for this storyline. I I can kind of see it being something that kind of started without a direction, and then they were like, right. "We have something here." So I can see a, I can I have a little bit of agreement with that super chat because I can see it as something that started as a whatever. Let's just have Sonia tell her we don't have time for her, and then they realize it with the crowd response and social media response, which they shouldn't be shocked. I think Naomi's right. one of the most popular stars that they have in social media right now, so they shouldn't be outraged that people are backing her up. Yeah. So um, we that's SmackDown. SmackDown, SmackDown. Uh, go home show for Extreme Rules for regular rules, ladies and gentlemen. Regular rules on a Sunday special. Shout out to Finn Balor for putting all that pain on again for two minutes on television. Ugh. He's done it now twice. Incredible. And it takes like six hours. It's just a big. I know. Watch that match take like two minutes too. <laughs> Isn't that why he didn't like? There was that's one of the reasons why he didn't do the demon as often. It's because of how long it takes to put all that pain on. Yeah. So it's like I get it. He's building hype for a match that he's gonna probably lose and that hurts my heart let's just move yeah. on to rampage let's move on yeah to let's move on to rampage <laughs> can he not do like a lo-fi version of that where the you know there's a way that he could do that quicker to where he can always wear that paint i mean but yeah I but then like he's have detailed then it's gonna look like jeff hardy's paint because you know he <laughs> does <laughs> like, like... <laughs> he'll make it his own it'll be smeared all over him <laughs> so we uh, go to rampage uh rampage of course from new york city Issa was there. She was just there, and then she made it back over here. So yeah, so fast. Friday, just right back. So <laughs> hardest working woman in all sports and entertainment. So uh, Rampage opened, of course, with CM Punk against Powerhouse Hobbs. I thought for the most part it was a solid match. That did get a little messy toward the end. There was a Hurricane Rana spot uh, yeah. that was screwed up. Now I do, people are going to blame Will Hobbs because he's newer or whatnot, but this was a matter. It seemed of CM Punk not really having the core strength to get up. He was using the ropes to try to get up. Because they did the thing where he holds him on the hurricane rod and CM Punk was supposed to come back up, but he couldn't really come all the way back up. Maybe he was supposed to get pulled up or whatnot, but then they both kind of fell. CM Punk was bleeding pretty badly from yeah. the mouth. 
but they did have a pretty good match. Uh, CM Punk won with the GTS. And I'm telling you something right now. They've got something in Hook. Hook is just one of these guys that like people have just latched onto where CM Punk flipped them off and they started chanting for Hook. And people have been like, whenever he's on camera, social media starts kind of going uh, crazy for Hook. He's this young guy that I think they've got something in in terms of somebody who I think they should really kind of start cultivating. Send Hook. Come on. Did you see CM Punk did a Q&A today and somebody uh, asked him, why don't you go after Hook? And CM Punk responded because he's underage. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I could not wait to watch that spot because he looked rough live. He looked even rougher on TV because I took yeah. a seat on the 100s. I wanted to have a view of like the entire Arthur Ashe because it's such a amazing venue. I wanted to see it from higher up. So I took a seat in the middle. So from where I was sitting, it looked rough. Seeing it up yeah. close, oh my God, I was like, it looked even worse. Um, the energy around CM Punk, especially in New York, he hasn't wrestled here in so long. We hadn't seen him in so long. But I have seen him a few times because I've attended a few events since he came back. And I got to tell you, it doesn't get old um and cm punk i know that a lot of people are really wanting him to come back with the angry like you know i i have some i'm after something i love happy cm punk he's yeah. so happy to be here to be wrestling he made powerhouse hub look like a star i love that he's involved in these fields that are far away from the title just working his way up slowly working with the young guys like he said he wanted to do cm punk is happy to be here and i'm happy that he's happy <laughs> me too i like it and i like that people sing along to his music when he comes out and this is pro wrestling you know aew does a good job of spacing their storylines and whatnot and <laughs> All these cries for CM Punk to all of a sudden turn heel, they just don't do things that are that hot shot and quick. So just enjoy the moment. Like everybody goes through cycles. There's going to come a time yeah. where there's a demand for him to turn heel. And even though there is this underbelly of people saying that, oh, he's got it. It's that, I don't think that's the majority. And I think too many wrestlers pay too much attention to Twitter and what people are saying when they're angry on a computer. Listen to the arena of 20,000 people singing along to his theme music. Like this guy's over as a baby face. So let's ride this thing out until it's time to turn heel. There were so many people people sitting in my section that were just there for CM Punk because yeah. they couldn't believe that he's back. They want to see him wrestle. And um, I was sitting in a spot where you could see the tunnel as they're coming in and out. And CM Punk, every single time he went in and out, because he did it four times, obviously, Dynamite and the Rampage, he stopped, he turned around, and he blew kisses to everybody. Every time yeah. we saw him, would freak out. Like, he really is happy to be here. And given the fact that we know the history of this guy and what he went through and why he left seven years ago, I'm just excited to see him in this position where he found his passion back, and I just don't want him to lose it again. Yeah, and shout out to Will Hobbs too, Powerhouse Hobbs. I really he like looks so good. Out there. Yeah. He looked good. Hopefully he doesn't disappear like Red Velvet and Lee Johnson. Oh, uh, shit. Be one for $4.99. Favorite <laughs> entrance to watch modern wrestling. Who should be number one? Well, you just named him. Mine is Malachi. He also mentions Adam Cole, Roman Reigns, and until Bray Wyatt debuts, which could be next week. You never know. But mine Oof. is Malachi Black, hands down. One of my favorite. My favorite entrance in wrestling is Malachi Black. Right now? Yeah, yeah. I I love Roman Reigns' entrance. I think it's long, and I and I appreciate it. I think it could be cut a little bit more. Um, I gotta say though, I really really like Daniel Brian Danielson's entrance right now. I think it's the music. There's something about yeah. that music and, and it's just the rhythm and the energy that he comes out with. I am loving 
um, Brian Danielson right now. You know what makes his entrance is, is the white t-shirt. He's uh, That white t-shirt is making his entrances. I was shocked to see him on Wednesday wearing gear very similar to what he wore before. I thought maybe he would mix yeah. it up a little bit, but no, same color, same everything. And yeah. I know we're talking about Rampage, but I got to tell you, Alfred, that match live was like nothing I ever experienced before, man. You know what? Let's talk about that really quickly. I want to get to your live perspective because I, I mean, sitting at home, thought that that match was fantastic and I couldn't only imagine how great that was live. Tell us about watching uh, Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson and Kenny Omega live. I, I've been to, I lost count to how many events I've attended and I'm telling you, I never experienced anything like that. It was from the second that the graphic came up on the screen and they showed us that's what they were opening with. And then as soon as the bell rang, all of us just lost it. It was just like, are we really seeing this live? And I hope, I haven't watched it back. I want to take my time to watch it back. So I don't know how it came off on TV, but if it was loud on TV, it was defining live. Like, the, like cause I heard some of the pops tonight sounded loud. No justice to what I heard there in the arena and the energy stayed that high throughout the entire match. Yeah. I was happy with the finish. I called it. We discussed that, that yeah, I didn't think either one of them should win, but the crowd, the problem is, I don't know if there was some tech issues with the sound. We couldn't there hear was. what Justin Roberts was saying when he, yeah. I knew he was, he had to be getting close to announcing a time because I'm watching the time because I want the draw. So I'm like, am I going to get it right? <laughs> right. So, but we couldn't hear how long that I personally think and the people around me, we were just angry that the match ended. It wasn't the result. We were just mad that it ended. We were like, yeah. let them wrestle the two hours of dynamite. We don't care. But the energy, the adrenaline, man, that's why I, I always develop this high of attending wrestling events live. I think the energy is so different. It's so much fun. And that's exactly what I meant. And I got to put it probably on top of my list right now. If you ask me greatest moments or matches that I witnessed live, that's, that's up there. That's it's awesome. way up there. Yeah, it was a fantastic. That was the only thing. Yeah, is at the end to where the people didn't hear it, so you knew they were going to be extra pissed when they just rang the bell, and it's like this great match, this ride is over, and like the roller coaster just jerked to a stop. Yo, and I didn't like that, and I get it. We were building up for Rampage. I wish they would have not had the Elite come out. This was about Brian sure. and Omega, and it should have just been that way and it should have just been like where is it gonna go stay tuned and we'll see where it goes you know but the energy in the building and just seeing that match live yes i feel i'm very lucky very very lucky absolutely well another person is very lucky stellar justin lopez for 499 backs up isa's uh, story listen i got back to brooklyn at 2 30 a.m i was still on a high from the event as soon as i got back home i rewatched that match so effing good i rewatched it too and i wasn't even there but i haven't i haven't had time to rewatch it yet and i want to actually do reaction for my channel because i have the live reaction which i will be uploading but i want to do a reaction of watching it back so i wanted to to take my time probably we'll do it tomorrow and just watch yeah. it you know and record the reaction but yeah we'll get back to rampage i just wanted to tell you like the energy in that building was just insane and i'm very proud of our trash stadium everybody that attended because i did feel that the crowd stayed hot until the last match which when i was in newark last week that wasn't the case once the rampage taping started a lot of people left or the energy went down um people did leave after dynamite and especially after cm punk wrestle or Probably the Adam Cole and the Young Bucks. That's when you really started noticing people leaving. But the people that stay, they stay there and they stay hot for the entire show. Right. 
that was great. And that's really a testament to, you know, how hot uh, this product is right now, and especially the crowd's dedication to it. And this was apparent in the Super Click uh, versus Jurassic Express, which was, uh, uh, I thought this was a very good match. Uh, this was a yes. fun match. I thought the person who stole the whole show or this whole segment was Don Callis. I thought Don Callis was fantastic on commentary. He Taz was. was great throughout the show. I think Taz is such a great color commentary in his character. But Don Callis had some funny lines. One of the lines that uh, Christian got yeeted off the stage and then Don Callis <laughs> said, uh, the train to Stanford leaves in 20 minutes. Don't be late. <laughs> Bro. Oh, Bro, that is one of the things that I enjoy today when I was like, God, I gotta watch Rampage. I already know what happens. That right there made it worth sitting through it again because obviously we don't hear commentary. He was so funny in that match. Um, yeah. But I gotta tell you, the super click being back, uh, the, the the spot with the young bucks kissing Adam yeah. Cole while he has Jungle Boy in the hold, uh, it's just genius. I I I did tweet it that the elite really is complete, so we can get rid of the good brothers now. But I'm not sure that ah, they'll do that. The impact. So let's keep them on Thursdays. The night that I don't watch wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the good brothers. <laughs> Shout out to the good brothers. Much love to them. I'm just kidding, but it's That's just, hilarious. it's just, it's just, it's awesome to see them together. And I did think that the baby faces did look good here. Um, New York City. I, I love the fact that everybody was cheering for both teams. When the Young Bucks and Adam Cole came out, super loud pop. Same when Jurassic Express came out. Like, you know what I mean? I love the yeah. fact that AEW doesn't do the whole, these are the bad guys, you must boo them. These are the good guys, you must cheer them. No, we love this roster. We're on AEW high. Let us cheer and boo and do whatever we want. And it was also awesome. It was a very, very fun match. Yeah, and they had a, that was a fun spot with the Young Bucks running five yeah. times. To the road. I thought this was hilarious. They pissed <laughs> off a lot of people, like traditionalists and stuff like that, because oh, it's not you know, it's not real wrestling or whatnot. But this is fun in terms of them kissing Adam Cole. I think they know that that gets on people's nerves, so they did that in their heels, you know. I and then the it. finish came. They pinned Jungle or um, Luchasaurus, and yeah. so it was a Panama Sunrise BETE trigger, and then the boom by Adam Cole. So they really. Kind of put over the fact they really had to get all these. Poor Luchasaurus, man. He didn't, yeah. he, he didn't hurt nobody. I was like, stop, stop. He's already dead. Yeah, he's like <laughs> an afterthought in this. I love Luchasaurus. Oh, Luchasaurus and, and the they, he, there was a me. loud chant for Luchasaurus. I know, yeah. right? When he was in Big Brother awesome. and he was with the, the twin. <laughs> I never knew that you were a Big Brother nerd like me. This, I, we're. BFFs now, but uh, Austin, yeah, and but uh, he he was getting a lot of love from the crowd. People really like Luchasaurus. He's one of those people that maybe doesn't always get the win, but the crowd's still on their side. Um, similar to Eddie Kingston, because I knew Eddie Kingston was going to be over here, but even at all out everywhere else that I've been to, Eddie Kingston is always getting really really loud chants, and you know they don't really do much with him. So I feel the same way about Luchasaurus as well. So it looks like we're building toward Adam Cole versus Jungle Boy. It's next week. Oh, that's next week. Okay, they announced yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. okay. Sorry. I just got so excited. I'm screaming and everything. I, I cannot wait. Like, wow. So that's going to be a loaded show next week. Yeah. Yeah. Jungle Boy versus Adam Cole is already announced for next week. Excellent. Okay. So yeah. then we get to the men of the year versus the inner circle. This match was what it was. You know, the crowd really helped it. Uh, Lambert was on the outside interfering. He pulled Swagger's or Hager's leg and he got rolled up by Scorpio Sky. But then they ran a big angle after this match where American top team comes out. This is Andre Arlovsky, Jorge Masvidal, Junior Dos Santos, Paige Van Zandt. Uh, there was a comment in the, in the comment section about whether or not I watched. I love UFC. So I, I just... Pop for all these guys coming out. Jorge Masvidal got a huge reaction 
Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm very disappointed that you're referring to him by his um, slave name instead of calling him the BMF as he should always be addressed. Thank Jorge you, Mas. the BMF champion Jorge Masvidal. Thank you. <laughs> Not a real title, but it draws money. I'll tell you that. You know, it should be a real freaking title. That that <laughs> yeah. that feel that whole feel with Nate Diaz was one of the most interesting things UFC had done in a long time. So it drew more money than any WWE or AEW title. So it, it might be the most prestigious title in all of combat sports. Sports. Even more than the 24-7. Yeah. And he did a callback to that big knee. Even more than the 24-7. I, I could not believe that. I was like, they are not going to turn this into a finisher. No way. I popped. I popped, Alfred, when he did that. I was like, no way. That knee, that freaking knockout was so epic, man. Yeah. He's got... I don't know what the plan is. I don't know if they're going to have a specialty match, but I'm they, excited for... They have for, to at yeah. this point. It's not the first time we've seen them. They're all together. Yeah, they have to. Yeah, I'm because this crowd really uh, gravitated toward Jorge. He's a big star in the world of mixed martial arts. And, you know, they did this. And I heard that Tony Khan got laid out. They did not show this on the show, did they? No, they didn't show it in the show, but he did. He did get laid out. He tried to come out and, like, stop the commotion, and he did get laid out. Yeah, okay. Well, very interesting. I didn't think it was kind of odd because Paige Van Sant is great and everything. She's very tough. She does bare knuckle boxing, but they're all coming out and they're these goons and they're out there to like go and destroy Chris Jericho. And she's blowing kisses and waving to people. It just kind of looked out of place. And she ends up just kind of uh, punching Chris Jericho and whatnot. It looked really good. But I just thought it looked out of place. I, I would have liked her to be a little more angry and menacing in terms of going in there. But so. yeah, agreed. Or maybe have her, who is in the group with. Well, I guess, I don't know, maybe add a woman somewhere in there. You know what I mean? Because maybe yeah. that's why she bring that. She saw that way. She still, it was still cool to see her. But I agree with you. It was a little out of place blowing the kisses. But whatever. Listen, yeah. she's enjoying her moment. I would too. That's a big crowd. Yeah. Why not? I'd like to see Layla Hirsch versus Paige Van Zandt. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, that would be awesome. We get into Santana Ortiz in the Lucha Brothers versus the Hardy family office. They had a cool spot where like all four baby faces did dives at the same time. That was really cool. Uh, we had a tease of a haircut on Ortiz that brings out Orange Cassidy. And then uh, Jack Evans was attacked by Orange Cassidy. And afterwards, the baby faces won. Uh, Matt Hardy challenged Orange Cassidy to a hair versus hair match, but not Matt Hardy versus Orange Cassidy. Jack Evans versus Orange Cassidy. In a hair I was going to say, Reba is not going to let Matt Hardy shave his head, so he's not going to go through with that. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Hardy fears Rebuy. So he, yeah. he's smart enough to not to not go through with it. Um yeah, so this match was a lot of fun. I love seeing um Santana and Ortiz in I wish they would have had just a tag team match and, and see them on their own, but there's only so much they could fit in this ginormous car. It was a long show. But just them being from New York, I really wish they would have had a little bit more of a spotlight. But we got to see them. They got to shine. Puerto Rican flags were out when they came out. You know, so it was it was awesome to see them. It was just, you know, they put all the people that speak Spanish in one team and threw them in a matching rampage, yeah. you know. But the Lucha brothers are so good. And I just, I really want to see them do more with Ortiz and Santana. And, and I'm hoping that it gets somewhere with them. Yeah, that's where I think this is going. And I think that's going to be awesome. And yeah. with all due respect to Matt Hardy, Remote runs that household that that is yeah. one bad woman and she's got one of the best twitter accounts in terms of how wild she gets on twitter sometimes and yep. the tweet is very funny on twitter Rebby at Rebby hardy give her a follow you will not she's you the queen she's the queen and we love her i i absolutely adore her and i just 
Yes, I know. Like, why, like when that whole thing was this, I was like, Matt Hardy's not wrestling. Because he's not going to win against Orange Cassidy, right? So I was like, he's not going to shave his freaking head. So when they, when they did this, I was like, that makes more sense. Yeah. Uh, we get Miro destroying Fuego del Sol. And oh, my Fuego God. Del. This was great. <laughs> <laughs> this was awesome. Not only was it awesome to see Miro just killing everybody, but the heels like Ricky Starks and Taz were just going crazy marking out for this. And I thought that was hilarious. He uh, he just yeeted poor Fuego del Sol off the stage. He's so great at selling and then slaps the camel clutch on Sammy Guevara. Miro is a, I really hope he doesn't lose his title anytime soon. I hope that he doesn't either. And I'm sorry. I know they think he's a heel, but the freaking shit, like the crowd went nuts as soon as Miro popped out from behind Sammy. The cheers were like so loud. Miro is crazy over right now. Fuego's face when he died was the funniest freaking thing I ever seen. <laughs> I wish I would have let, let him like laid out there, lights out match, and he's still laid out there and like cut throughout it and he's just still laid out dead. <laughs> also, I don't know how much money Sammy is making because he said he's going to buy Fuego a new car. Yeah. I want to see then, I want to see some kind of segment where Miro just destroys the car. Like, I need to see oh, it's it. Coming. It's Something com- has to happen, coming. right? You think so? Um, yeah. yeah, Miro Miro, can, Miro cannot lose. I'm sorry. So Miro has a car right now, right? I would Yeah, Miro has the car. Well, if they, maybe he gives it to his hot wife. Maybe it's, a, it's an anniversary gift. Uh, uh, no, CJ deserves a much better car than that. <laughs> She's too hot for that now. We get uh, we go. Speaking of women, we get Penelope Ford versus Anna J. This was a fine match. It ended with brass knucks. I was very surprised Penelope Ford went over uh, with help from brass knucks. Uh, And then coming out of this, Orange Cassidy came out. Dark Order looked like they were going to reunite, and then Evil Uno's dude Grayson walked out. Next week we're in Rochester. Do we get Bray Wyatt joining the Dark Order? Issa, I hope so. I hope so. I think it will be the perfect place to debut him. I just don't know what his 90-day is set up. I don't know. You know what I mean? I haven't kept track of that. Um, but it will be absolutely perfect for him to debut him or at least the Dark Order to reunite and, and like squash out their problems. Um, yeah, this this match was fun. I cannot get into this feud, though. Like, I, and, I, and I'm glad that yeah. they're doing secondary women's feud. Like, I'm happy and I applaud them. It just feels like there's a lot of women in the back that should also be featured more. This is the second week in a row that we see this combination of women on Rampage. Where's Jade? Where's Thunder Rosa? Where's, you know what I mean? There's just a couple of women that need to be featured more and they're not getting time. And I get it. There's dark, there's evolution. But if you look at the viewership number, it is obvious compared to the YouTube views. Not everybody's watching dark at evolution. So you need to kind of like mix up the women that you're featuring on the show. Uh, Joseph Boza, tell me if you agree with this. CJ deserves a Mustang. What do we CJ about deserves a Maserati, <laughs> not a Mustang. Please, please, come on. Come on, guys. <laughs> Somebody's going to say that she needs a Gremlin or something like that. <laughs> what, about, what about a Porsche or a luxury car? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Okay, whatever. Listen. <laughs> the main event uh, for this show is, of course, the lights out. Uh, we've got the lights out. Unsanctioned. Josh, Justin Roberts uh, announces that. Uh, we get. Uh, I thought the pre-segment with Mark Henry, I thought this is the best that they've done yet, all because of Eddie Kingston. I thought Eddie Kingston was amazing. Just yeah. tearing his shirt off, looking like a wild man, uh, going back and forth with Suzuki doing that. This is great. 
Yeah, Eddie Kingston is absolutely a legend. I I love the pre segment. We didn't see it. I don't remember seeing it. Um, so I don't know that they aired it oh, on okay. the arena. Maybe I wasn't paying attention. I don't think I got. I don't think I got up throughout rampage at all. I was too tired to be getting up. Oh. But by the way, <laughs> constructive criticism. Arthur Ashe was not ready for this. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I know heard. that they knew how many tickets they sold, but I don't know if they weren't ready for the amount of people buying merch, buying yeah. food, because the concession stands, maybe on tennis, people just properly clap and don't get up to buy beers. But wrestling fans, we like our beers, and it was impossible to get one. Yeah, they, if this is going to... If, if I would like for Tony Khan to make this a yearly thing because it was fun and it looks so different from coming from that specific venue, but they need to prepare a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I heard that was a, the number one because the complaint because it's not like there's a lot of complaints about the show itself, but I heard a lot of people saying that it was a nightmare. I'm sure Stellar Justin Lopez can chime in in terms of how it was getting um you know, the concessions in and out and stuff I like didn't, that. But, I yeah. didn't eat or drink. I was like, I'm not doing that line for that. So, but it was it was it was it was messy um when it came to that, and maybe it's because the section up top. No, because I heard also the the bottom one was just as crowded. It was just impossible. And you didn't know where one line ended and one line started. If you're like me, I don't have the patience for that. So I was like, I'll starve. I'll just, it's New York City. You can get Uber East at 4 a.m. So I was like, I'll get something yeah. when I leave here. <laughs> <laughs> I just wish they were a little more prepared or maybe have like the vendors throughout the aisles with at least a beer so you can buy one without having to get up, you know? Right, right. No, <laughs> I'm sure that's going to be something that they work on uh, in the future. But yeah. Um, yeah. we get into the main event, uh, Suzuki Goon. This is Lance Archer and uh, uh, Minoru Suzuki versus Kingston and Moxley. Um, we get a homicide appearance in this place. Yeah. Nuts for homicide. Love me some homicide. So it's really great to see him. Uh, of course, the baby faces go over. Hometown Eddie Kingston was very over for this crowd. Of course he was. Uh, so Moxley and Eddie Kingston uh, win this match. And we go off the air, sending the fans home happy, of course. And uh, that is AEW in New York City for four hours. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it Issa, was, it what was... did you think? It was an epic way to end the show. It opened hot. It ended It ended hot. The crowd was chanting for Eddie Kingston. We love Eddie Kingston. I'm glad that we got to see him in a main event, you know, for Rampage. He cut an amazing promo after. They didn't air it on the show, but he did. They let him have the mic and, you know, a microphone at Eddie Kingston is never a bad idea, especially in New York City. Talked about how New York City is now AEW's town. You know, he talked he talked his oh. shit. It was great. Uh, he, he got a little teary eye, giving a shout out to his mom. He said, Mom, I know you're here. Thanks for putting up with me. Look where I'm at now. It was really, really awesome. I will I'll post I'll I'll be posting the promo on my YouTube channel. I didn't want to post anything onto this air because I didn't want to give out any spoilers because I personally hate spoilers. So I was like, I'm not posting anything or talking about it until everything airs so i'll make sure to put up um the the promo that he got later on my channel because i recorded it whenever they want somebody to really take a shot at wwe a really precision shot it's eddie kingston because he's cut promos like this in the past where i i think last time he said this is the best professional wrestling company in the world we're better than everybody or something along those lines and he's a great yeah. he's a locker room leader he's that's his you know and i i think it's been great to see the rise of eddie kingston he's one of these success stories in pro wrestling where he's a guy who's been in wrestling forever just a journeyman and then he got one shot where it was just supposed to be a one-off and they just loved him so much that he's really cultivated 
this into being really one of their top stars. Yeah, Eddie is is awesome, and and I didn't think that this one fell because a lot of times I feel like he takes some shots at WWE that I'm like that's unnecessary. That's not necessary. This one felt like it came from the heart, but it just came off that way. He wasn't the only one that cut the whole New York City's AEW's territory. Now promo, you know, it was I heard it a couple of times throughout the night. Also, special special shout out to whoever was sitting across from me. They had like. 10 people lined up holding it up and he said Vince fears Tony Khan. I love oh. that. <laughs> the signs were epic. I'm sure you saw MJF's parents' signs. They were there with I their signs. MJF was, is a cuck was one of my favorites. Yes, there was so many. Uh, there was one that said, I think it was like Vince fears good creative writing or something. Like, oh my God. Yes, oh my God. There was so many good signs, but these guys put so much dedication. They had to have bought an entire road to get that Vince fears Tony Khan. It was so long. it was it was exciting. It was the first time they done anything here in New York, and and they did it at the right time. I'm glad that this is when they did it. When they have all this momentum going, and we have to experience such a fun show. It really, really they they put on a great show. It was long. It was very very long. And I know that some people were suggesting. I I told the people that I was hanging out with dur- during the day they weren't going to do that. I knew I was going to be right. You know, 100% of the time, I'm right. <laughs> but they say, oh, maybe they'll record the first hour of Dynamite from 7 to 8, and then they'll record the last hour after Dynamite. I'm, I'm oh, sorry, Rampage. Oh, but they didn't yeah. do that. They recorded Evolution from 7 to 8. So the Dynamite right. um, Rampage started at like 10.30. It was long, but it was fun. And and that's, you know, you, it felt very like All Out. All Out was long pay-per-view, but to me, it didn't feel like it went on that long being their life. Now, before we put a bow on this, Issa, who got the biggest reaction, would you say, of you know the two shows that we saw tonight? I mean, the biggest reaction had to be that opening moment between Kenny Omega and Brian. Like, that had to be the biggest thing. Um, Adam Cole got a huge pop, and CM Punk did as well. I think CM Punk's pop was louder when he came out for the interview in Dynamite than when he did for Rampage, just because some people had already left. Um, But yeah, Adam Cole is very, very over. And as far as the hometown people, Eddie Kingston and um, Santana and Ortiz got a huge pop. But I have to say that moment from the second that Daniel Bryan Brian's music hit. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> Brian's music hit all the way to the end of their match, really. Because if you saw, like, I feel like we all watched that match on our feet. There was no like every time we would sit down, something else will happen that will make us stand up. It was it was awesome. That I'm telling you, it was like nothing I ever experienced. It was amazing. That's excellent. I love that. Love the first person perspective. You're only gonna get that here on the wrestling podcast. <laughs> Follow us everywhere we go. Hey, I'll be back on Sunday covering Extreme Rules, possibly in a shitty mood if the Packers lose to the Niners, which I hope that doesn't happen because I hate well, the 49 I don't 49ers. think I'm on on Sunday, so I don't have to deal with you talking about the Packers. <laughs> Everybody's going to – I'll be salty all week. You're all going to have to deal with this if we lose. So everybody better be rooting for the Green Glenn, Packers. Glenn, Glenn, wherever you're at, bro, come back soon, please. I need you. I need you, Glenn. <laughs> I'm at This Is Nasty. She's at NYC Demon Diva. Follow her reaction. She's going to have new content live from NYC. And uh, we will see you guys soon. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out on this late night podcast. It's 1.30, everybody. Go to bed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, 
which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.